Goodnix explores the journey and meaning of doing good in the world. I get to choose every day when I wake up whether I'm going to work for a Fortune 500 and make a ton of money or work for the movement that is the arc of moral justice. But I realized that I also had an obligation to weaponize my privilege. One day we said, okay, if the city's not going to do it, the state's not going to do it, if some large corporation's not going to do it, why not us? And if there were enough of you, if you were organized enough, if you were loud enough, it would be too difficult for them to ignore you. Good Nix, created by Jeff Leitner, hosted by Annalisa and Relay, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Neely, I have two problems. What are those? I really love the show on professional development, and I have a big blank spot on my chest where my shirt is. First of all, the first one doesn't sound like a problem. I mean, it's so much love, I can't contain it. And you also have, what, a blank spot on your chest? Yeah, where my shirt is. You never grew chest hair? Obviously not. Oh, I know what you should do. You should go to this link in the show notes and get an unprofessional development t-shirt. Yes, that sounds like exactly what I needed for this premise. So boys and girls, we have t-shirts. We have magnets. We have buttons. Show your unprofessional love. That way you'll get to know who your fellow unprofessionals are when you're walking down the hallway and go, oh, you listen to that too? Be an unprofessional representative. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very global episode of Unprofessional Development. I'm Tedisco. And I'm Mealy. And today we have with us Tedisco's sister-in-law. So that would make it his wife's sister, because there's other ways you could be a sister-in-law, I guess, right? It could be your brother's wife, but no, this is your this is your wife's sister, just for everyone following along at home. And um, you go by Dayala, we're going to call you, um, but I'm going to butcher these names because that's, that's what I do. Um, <laughs> Um, I've been called all things. So there we, there we go. And How you she, doing today, Diala? I'm doing well, very well. How are you guys? I'm doing good. And so, like other degrees of separation, she goes to college or went to college. Um, literally, um, I don't know, less than a mile from my house. Even though you know I wasn't there when she was there, and all that kind of stuff. And we aren't related, but anyway, it's, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a small world. So again, if you're filling out the um the guided notes at home, make sure you. Fill that in now. So anyway, <laughs> we like to have different problems along the way. So um, so we want you to describe your education, your journey through education as a travel agent, advising us what countries to visit and what to see <laughs> there and and how to do that. So so you're gonna gonna give us some um some scope as to as to where we might want to teach outside of the United States and I guess outside of Canada and England, where a lot of our listeners are as well. So go ahead. Well, anywhere, let's start there. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere besides here, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> I, like uh, Mealy said earlier, I studied in Pennsylvania uh, at a school called Arcadia. But uh, I only spent two years on campus because the school has a really good international program. And so I spent time studying in Spain, New Zealand, South Africa, France. And so that shaped um, what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be overseas. And um, my first job straight out of college ended up being in Dubai. And uh, that was a show, <laughs> but it paid my student loans. So it worked. Uh-huh. <laughs> it worked just fine. It served its purpose. Um, from there, I went to China for, for, well, I worked for two years, but I was only actually there for a year and a half because thank you, COVID, I got locked out of the country. 
um, when they closed their borders and I couldn't get back. So I ended up back here in Pennsylvania in March of 2020. So I was working on China time from here. So I was working from 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. from March until July. (laughs) I had a vitamin D deficiency. I later found out. Wow. (laughs) And then um, uh, got fired in May because I couldn't get back into the country. Me and uh, 11 other staff members. They said, uh, since since you can't get back, why don't you just stay where you are and find a job there? And uh, (laughs) I ended up finding... Yeah, it was uh, very considerate that they waited until the last minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was, it, did, it didn't affect them very much. Not at all, no. <laughs> that's, that's how that works. Um, then uh, I got a job. I signed the contract for a job in just outside of New York in New Jersey um, five days before the school year started. And I worked there for a year. It was a private school. And then I ran screaming and got <laughs> back into the international world. Moved to Moscow, spent six months there until war broke out. Wow. <laughs> then I evacuated to Thailand, where I worked remotely for the last uh, four months. And now here I am. Wow. That is that is that is unbelievable. OK, so we're going to have to break that. <laughs> that that's going to take that's going to take a while to break down. I actually worry about my resume because it's like, you know, two years here, two years here, one year here. But the thing is, they're all very explainable things. Yes. So everyone's heard of COVID. People have, have, you know, have heard that there is a, an invasion going on. Right. Yeah. They're, they're familiar with, with that. So, right. so it's all explicable as to why I spend so little time at my schools. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared what's going to happen in whatever the next country you go to is, though. <laughs> go to Mars. <laughs> so obviously, we want to know what horrible things happen in um, Dubai, because we want we want to be entertained by by your misfortune. So so um, <laughs> so give us give us the lowdown on, on, on what that was, because all Have I know about ever- Dubai is that is that Tom Cruise is that where Tom Cruise like goes to the yes. top of really tall buildings and yep. and acts like he's not scared? Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the place. Um, have you ever been there by any chance? No, I've, I've, never, I've never been outside. No? I've never been outside the country, so I'm a little bit so I'm a little oh, bit crazy. jealous. Crazy. Yes. Yeah. Dubai is all about, you know, for the most part, it takes a certain kind of person to be there because the city largely attracts people who are like, oh, I live in Dubai. Look at how many wallets I have. Look at how many cell phones I have. Look at look at all of the brand names I'm wearing. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Me, look at me. Look at me. There's no such thing as middle class. Right. <laughs> I mean, middle class there are, are still millionaires. I mean, it's yeah. it's outrageous amounts of money. And it's all about it's so really they all pay, about so, so they pay teachers millions of dollars to, to teach there. I don't even think you can say that anyone really teaches there. No one learns much. No one really teaches. It's all just a giant formality. I mean, the city has everything and nothing all at the same time. I mean, I'm going to sound really ungrateful for the opportunity it gave me. But the the fact is, like, it's a brand new country that doesn't have much history. um, And 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 it came out of nowhere. So everything is fake. It's like humans aren't naturally supposed to be there. I mean, it's the desert. Right. And so, unfortunately. I've been to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well in vegas at least it's people who want to just go have fun this is just look at all the things that i have mm-hmm. um look at how i came from nothing you know overnight really okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna be ignorant here then okay of 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 my um history and, and geography so what country claimed the land that is currently dubai cl- prior to it being dubai and how did that happen? And or do you not know? I don't even know. I th- the country's like what is a border? 
47, 48 years old or something. I don't even know if there was a country there beforehand. Or maybe it was the Emirates and then they like found oil or something. So it borders like Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, like that? Yes, it borders Saudi, it borders Oman and Kuwait. It's across the Gulf from Iran, I think. Okay. Yeah. So someone, it's, it's amazing. Why haven't they been invaded and taken over by one of those countries then and just and just suck the um the money out? I'm curious. Anyway, that, that's, no, that's another I podcast. Actually, I would need to look into that as well. But I mean, I'm guessing at one point it was part of the Ottomans and okay. it was just hot and no one was like, all right, we can just leave that be over there. It's because it's <laughs> It's ridiculously okay. hot. Like no one wanted to go there, I guess, until yeah. they found oil and then built up a city out of nothing. So, okay. So while you were like teaching that, like, what was the experience like day to day as a teacher? It was just formality. We called it babysitting all the time. And like then, spoiled rich kids. Totally. Completely. I mean, we had Ugh. a kid, we had a kid and, and he was, you know, this is where I say middle-class again, because he would take the bus. He didn't have a driver, but he, he would come on the bus with his nanny so that she could carry his backpack from the bus to his desk. And then she would walk home. Wow. Um, you, had, <laughs> you had kids who, who don't show up to class, but, you know, have straight A's. They don't even show up to school. Like they're drive, They just like tell their drivers to, you know, take them elsewhere in the country because and then they would just pay off the receptionists who would call home and be like, hey, your kid's not here. They would just pay them off like every week or so to say to like not call home at, and tell the parents that they weren't there. And then they would just have straight A's because they would buy their grades. At the end of every term, they were trimesters at the end of every term, kids just bought their grades. If they if the teacher didn't accept, you know, this this small stack of money, they would go to the head of the department with a medium stack of money. If they didn't accept it, they'd go to the section coordinator with a large stack of money. Wow. And if they said no, they'd go to the principal with like a huge so, stack of money. So how many small so how many small stacks of money did did you take or did you did you maintain I never sold my grades. <laughs> I was stubborn. Wow. I tried. I tried to I tried to throw my morals away and accept the money because like I said I had student loans, but I couldn't <laughs> right. do it. Okay. So like, but but, were you pressured to change any like by, by the higher ups? All the time, especially the higher ups. They would, they would call me into their offices and they'd be like, Hey, this kid that you teach change his grade. I'm like, no, you do it. (laughs) (laughs) I've already put my grades in. I'm not, I'm not changing anything. Wow. Wow. And and what, what's, what subject and age did you, did you teach? I taught French from seventh to 12th grade. I, okay. I had a lot of classes and then on top of it, the, there was substitution that went on Mm -hmm. um, and, and substitution was just, that was actual babysitting. There would be no lesson plans left. It's just go in and entertain the kids with whatever medium you want for 45 minutes. Yeah. But on a movie, watch a movie, do something. Um, If it was a math class, you would never do math. If you were substituting, you would never do science. If you were substituting, there was no actual learning. If there was a substitute. Wow. And you would get at least two or three substitution periods a day. So if there are some teachers listening who who aren't as um, morally upstanding as you are, (laughs) let's say, okay, (laughs) and they're willing to take small stacks of money or medium stacks of money for for grades. Mm -hmm. So do you have like a ballpark figure I know, I know the rates. <laughs> Do you? Okay, so you so, I, so, so I'm fail, I'm failing. I I I want an I want an A. What what's what's it cost? That that's around five thousand dirhams, which uh, comes out to about two thousand dollars, a little bit over two thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. 
if you sold your midterm or your final, that that was about 1500 dirhams, which comes out to a few hundred dollars. Um, there were there were teachers who just looked the other way on essays and they would just pass them regardless. That was about 2000 dirhams, especially like the final projects. Yeah. Um, and then there was tutoring, which was illegal, but tutoring, you charge like 200 dirhams an hour. And it's like, the thing is with tutoring, like the parents will bring the the teacher to tutor every week for an entire term. And so that's 200 dirhams every mm-hmm. week. And then at the end of the semester, you're just expected to pass them anyway, because they've spent all that money over the trimester, yeah. whether or not the kid passes. Right. Whether not to do anything in tutoring as well, yeah. right? You basically just go through the lesson that you taught in class. Yeah. And then you're expected to just pass the kid. Wow. wow. So it's like, do you want, you know, one big, ins- you want small installments yeah. of money over the t- trimester yeah. or would you like yeah. one big lump sum at the end? And it's, it's like how I pay for Netflix. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. And I was going to say, and is this, is this, is the, just the salary, um, a high salary to begin with as, as well, or is it pretty it's, much? It's decent. I mean, I was fresh out of college um, and I didn't even have a teaching certification. So I was ready to accept whatever. My mm-hmm. salary was about 30,000 a year, but it was not taxed and right. I didn't have housing or utilities or anything to pay. I had zero expenses. So okay. it was basically 30 grand in my pocket. And I was like, okay, that's, that's a starting point. That's right. Fine. Right. And then you get, you get 2000 per grade per student. If you have yeah. like students, <laughs> that's another, that's another, well, it's not all, they're not all going to fail. So you figure like half of them are going to fail. What you report is 30,000, but what you actually make. Is <laughs> yeah. It's about 130, about you, should, you, should, you, should, you could walk out with 130,000. So easy, easy. Yeah. 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 If you were corrupt, then yeah, easily. Yeah. And is it, and like you said, your, your housing and are meals covered or. Yeah. No, meals are not covered, but housing and utilities are all paid for. Transportation to and from the school is covered. Okay. Insurance, everything, of course. And there's no taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So wow. it's not, not a bad gig for if you want to just kind of just, like you said, get out from under student loan debt and do it for a while. And yeah. okay. So then we're on to um China. Yeah. And then I got to China and I had to pretend like I knew how to teach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because China, they're not, they're not, they're, there's not a lot of, rich people in, in your school that are, that, are, that are willing to pay for grades no they're rich but they're not willing to pay for grades and if they are like there's there's the part of the chinese culture is keeping face so you would never like blatantly go to the teacher with a stack of money and be like hey pass yeah. my kit yeah. you would do it under the table you would do it in secret to the, like the head of the school you would never go straight to the teacher yeah um, and are you t- at, at that point are you t- are you teaching french again or are you teaching english french again um, okay but to people that speak chinese they are Chinese uh, students, but they are, uh, they, however, have been in our school since kindergarten. So they all speak English. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so this will be, this will be their third language. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. they, um, that's, that's the fun thing when you, when you teach French in international schools, it's like a third language, neither the parents nor the kids care all that much. It's mm-hmm. not like the pressure that they get on like math or English or whatever. Right. So you can really have fun with your subject and you can, and it's a time to like really have fun and take a break from seriousness with the kids. I mean, they still learn, they still engage in the language, but it's, it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more mm-hmm. relaxed and you don't get parent pressure as much. Yeah. And, and is there um, the fact that they've learned like a second language is a third language a little bit easier for them in general do you know it really depends on the kid i mean there are kids who approach languages like and they like it's like they hit a wall but then other kids they have a language brain and so it's just easy for them it for some like fourth fifth sixth language it never gets easier for them it never does yeah um whereas others they just soak it up 
Yeah. And how many languages do you speak? Just out of curiosity. I speak four. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. And what, what are those? English, French? In the order of learning Arabic and then English, then uh-huh. French and Spanish. Then French and Spanish. Okay. Yeah. And fluent in all in all four? Conversational in Spanish, fluent in the rest. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I have one. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I mean, you you speak nerd to this. Girl. That's true. Fluent nerd. Is its, own, is its own affluency. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so in China, like, what were some of like the the challenges um, that you you might not have been expecting when you started there? Kids were pretty reluctant to speak French, let alone English. They they were very very comfortable speaking Chinese with each other and reluctant to step into the English world. I was not expecting that because in Dubai, English was the language of the West. It was against what their parents wanted. And so they didn't, they weren't supposed to look at Western media. They weren't supposed to be watching Western, even though the country is very, very Westernized. They, it was, you know, the West is over there and we are here. We don't, we don't interact with that. So the kids in Dubai loved stepping into Western culture and, and going, you know, so to so to speak like against their parents whereas in china the kids were very comfortable just being in their chinese world and their chinese languages they they did not want to step out of their comfort zones and that was a challenge another challenge was they were like and they were very naive very protected children very sheltered eighth graders who have like the emotional maturity of like fifth or sixth graders and ninth graders still acting like middle school kids and so you had to be really sensitive about jokes about about their feelings and everything like they were very very um i don't want to say immature but but because it has like a negative negative connotation but they were um and it wasn't their fault it's just the culture uh, it's yeah and it sounds like it, it must be very different because i'm guessing a lot of your students in dubai were hyper confident yes yes and you and the school in dubai that i worked at was segregated so you had after fifth grade you had girls on one side of the school boys on the other and you walk into a classroom of 12th grade boys you're walking into a zoo you're oh walking my into God. like oh, animal planet spoiled millionaire 12th yep. grade boys yeah, it's basically, oh. yeah basically basically a locker room basically yeah. yes exactly exactly a locker room yeah Oh, yeah. the complete contrast of like the Chinese kids who are very traditional, very reformal and respectable. Right. Um, and their, yeah. their, their attitude towards the, the education and the educator are completely yes. different. Completely. Yep. Yeah. There was respect. Um, there was, there was at the very, very least some respect towards like, you know, another human, let alone, you know, an educator. Whereas in Dubai, like I am just another one of their workers. I another, I'm another person who serves them. Right. Not. Oh, it I would have lost it. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. way. Yeah, I've I've had a time where um, I've I've looked at my roster before, and I had where oh, like God. it's been like twenty three boys and like five mm-hmm. girls, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I've got two choices, and like early on in my educate you know education career, I would just dread it, mm-hmm. and then it, later on I realized like, okay, I just have to um go with the flow and know yeah. that this is that this is just going to be silly and this is going to be goofy you and i just have to like the skid, honestly right mm-hmm. and I, I, right i just have to i just have to you know design lessons where we're going to get up and we're going to move around and we're mm-hmm. going to be active because the, they are not going to be able to sit still right and you're just going to have to do stuff where where it's going to be um silly. engaging that way because although i mean but just also know that i would have to dial back my inclination to make um 
jokes because that's the hardest thing because mm-hmm. it'll derail everybody right yeah i, I mm-hmm. just say one fart joke and it's like <laughs> 10 minutes of yep. like you know and i remember having a conversation one time I'm like i'm like oh, guys like literally i can't even make like a, a fart joke because you guys can't can't handle it so yeah. I'm, I'm sorry about mm-hmm. that because my other class so I, you know i can make a joke we laugh we have a good time and then boom okay back to like what, back what's, to what's at hand focus yep Right. So, so did you like teaching in China? I did. I loved it. Uh, The school, I the school and I matched each other pretty well. I mean, the school was pretty new. Um, At the time that I got there, their highest level was tenth grade, and then my following year they added eleventh grade. So it was only eleven years old at the time, or that the the international division to the school was only eleven years old at the time, and so they were still trying to figure themselves out. And they're trying to build themselves and their curriculum and their programs, just as I was trying to figure out how to be a teacher. And I ended up getting my certification while I was there. I worked on, I did like an online certification course through Florida. So the school and I, like, we matched pretty well. So like they were figuring themselves out while I was figuring out who I was as a teacher. And so I had the freedom to make mistakes and the freedom to like think like with a fresh mindset and, and, you know, not fit into a system rather than and, and set and create the system. What was the composition of the staff in terms of the admin and faculty, in terms of Chinese nationals, people from mm-hmm. America, people from other countries? Like, what, what did that look like? Almost all of us were international and foreign staff. I mean, we had people from Portugal, from Australia, a lot from the UK and Canada and the US, um, all over, really. Then um, my admin were mostly American and then one Canadian. Okay. And the higher, higher up admin, like the owner, the person who ran the school. So the school had like an international and a domestic division person who ran both of those. She was a Chinese woman um, that was put in by the government. And because it is a government school at the end of the day, yeah, that's what I was going to ask, like how, how it was funded. Yeah. Yeah. It was funded by a nonprofit uh, that worked for that a government nonprofit. So we had basically unlimited funding, which was really cool. Um, anything we wanted to do or imagine we were able to make and right. come true. Um, but my principal, she, it was, it ended up being her last job before retiring. And so she was also very relaxed, very laid back. She didn't really want too much of a headache with anything. She wasn't too serious about anything. Right. She's just like, yeah, do what Perfect. you want. I'm just, I'm just here racking up paychecks until I retire. <laughs> she admitted that to me. She admitted that to me within like the first week of me being there. I was like, oh, okay. I'm glad I can make mistakes here. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. That, that sounds, that sounds like a really good time. It was. It really was. She herself was also a huge contrast from my boss in Dubai in that he gave me a warning letter that goes to the Ministry of Education because I was coughing in the hallway. Oh, shame so on you. Polar opposite bosses. Coughing in the hallway. How, how's education going to take place? <laughs> you know, get that under control. That's what, that's what he, he cited it as um, disrupting the classroom environment and fostering a non-conducive, non-conducive learning atmosphere. Well, at least he knew a lot of big words. That's good. Yeah, yeah. For coughing. Yes. Um, wow. And so in China, like you said, like in Dubai, obviously, like you know, we, we picture Dubai. It's it's you know like you know, well yeah. maybe I don't. I don't know. You're going to the you're going to like the the super fancy club and 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 partying yeah. all night every night, and everyone's there dressed in just glitter and pretty much like, you know and and all the time. So now China, when you like. Um, step outside of mm-hmm. the, um, the classroom 
what is what is that like? And were you in an urban or a rural environment? I was in Shanghai, which is the most international city in China. So there mm-hmm. was uh, it was pretty easy to move around. And I found a lot of similarities, honestly, between Shanghai and Paris. OK, um, so it seemed like a familiar city, even though it totally wasn't. And and so I found a good group of friends and like two of my uh, two of those friends had been in Shanghai for a few years at that point. And so they were able to show me where the good restaurants are, help me get around. Any questions that I had, I could just ask them. It was really easy to go around, really safe. And it was very come as you are, not like Dubai, where like if you go to the supermarket, you have to you have to clean yourself up. You can't just go in sweatpants. Whereas in China, it's very come as you are. You've got men walking down the streets with their shirts pulled up to like underneath their nipples to like cool off their bellies. Yeah, yeah, you got to keep that belly cool when it's hot out. Yes. So China was, was different that way too. It was easier to relax. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I'm, I'm very easy. So that worked out very nicely, but I'm also, I also have like that pretentious side of me that likes to dress up. So Dubai fit too. I mean, okay. I, I was yes. able to fit into both, yeah, but they yeah. both served very different purposes. China was more cultural. Mm-hmm. I was able to explore more, get to know more people, learn a language. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I speak any Chinese, but I was able to, you know, to put myself out there and try and learn something new. Okay. And this is going to go way outside the educational parts. I'm, I'm just curious. I'm just, just asking goofy questions because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came to being in Dubai and I, I guess in, in China, um, at least in your, your experience there, or like in the parts that you were in, um, when it came to intermingling between the people who live there and the people who were like the mm-hmm. visiting people where they're like... Um, Let's say let's were your colleagues attempting to um, marry princes, I guess, is, is, is what I is really, <laughs> really what I want to know. In Dubai? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Are they, are like, are they like, hey, you know, like I'm, I'm here. I'm, I mean, are these stacks of money I'm getting for the A's, those are OK. <laughs> but like I'd actually like to live in the house. Like maybe there's like a divorced father or, or, or uh, mother that like needs like, yeah. you know, needs the teacher. There, to. There to, are a lot of princes in Dubai, right? Everyone's, are, I think yeah. everyone's, Our I think students. if you're a male in Dubai, you're a prince. I think that's the law there. But <laughs> sounds very stereotypical. Uh, I'm, now I'm getting off into being um, yeah, offensive. Anyway, the but no. The students themselves, they were um, sheikhs. So, okay. Um, so the sheikhs are like the ruling family. They're like the, I guess, the the priests of Muslimhood, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know the formal word in English, but the students themselves were sheikhs and sheikahs. So they, that's how you knew they were royalty. Um, and so you could easily, easily see uh, teachers, you know, favoring those kids or giving mm-hmm. them an easier time or looking the other way when they did something wrong. Right. You could see that everywhere. And mm-hmm. I was notorious for being like, I don't know who you are. Right, right. <laughs> I'm going to fail you. You do something wrong. I'm going to call you on it. I told there was one sheikh in ninth grade he never ever did his homework and then one day and you know like sheikhs they, they come from the religion they're, they're supposed to be studying the quran they, they it's like a it's a huge huge title to have <laughs> and i'm checking homework one day and i'm like of course you don't have your homework he's, and he looks at me and he's like yes i do i looked at him because i had been teaching this kid for a year and a half i was like you have your homework he's like yeah i did it Look, show me. I was like so surprised. And he's like opening page by page. And I'm like, 35, let's go. And it's empty. Like the kid just straight up lied to me, thinking like I wasn't even gonna look at it. Yes. I looked and I was like, You're a shake and you're lying to me. Like this is (laughs) lying to me. And you're tomorrow. I want you tomorrow to go remove that title from in front of your name. (laughs) 
Nice. And other kids in the class were looking at me like, stop saying things, stop talking, because the kids can have you deported. I mean, in the two years that I, yes. in the two years that I was there, there were nine people deported. Yeah. Wow. What? Just for, yeah, just for like offending a kid or saying wow. something, like, nine. Oh, wow. It was like, come have me deported. Like, put me out of my misery. I don't care. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. Because, I would speak. look at them and I would say these things, and like, I, in retrospect, like I, I was pretty risky, but like. I knew I had like the support of like other kids, you know, peer pressure. They right. would you know, tell the other kid, be like, oh, relax, just calm down. Like she's she's fine. Mm-hmm. Speaking yeah. of lying, it's funny because like like kids will they they will just lie to you. Like oh, yeah. they, they will tell you that something is the exact opposite of um what we know. In fact, when we had an episode on oh to this girl, I forget what, what her name was, but that um, mm-hmm. but she was helping me um, process and deal with the fact that this kid that was like it was pushing my buttons and really and really lying to me. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, I, I've gotten better with that now, actually, and it helped me because um, I was in New York City recently as I as I was sharing um off the air, mm-hmm. and we were at this place called Chelsea Market. It's um somewhere in Lower Manhattan or whatever. But anyway, um, so we I were ordering food to go. We were tired. We were just going to grab some food and go back to the um apartment mm-hmm. where we were staying and so i go up and i order the food and they take my name and then i sat kind of i guess far away from where it was like a busy noisy place and i was sitting there my son i was sitting with my son because his his um legs were hurting and he was tired and all this kind of stuff and so then i go back up to check on the, on the food right and i go hey da 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 you know and i, I and you know um i said um like well, what's the name and i said i said um, you know my first name is william and they're like, oh, um, someone um got that food. Lovely. I'm like, what? And uh, they're like, yeah, he seemed, he's like, he seemed a little shady when I gave it to him. I, I thought something was up, but I wasn't sure. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm like, what do we do now? The guy's like, oh, I'll re- I'll recook it for him. We'll, we'll get it done, right? So. But this just shows you that these these kids that lie to us about their homework, they grow up and they become lying Absolutely. adults. And um, so the the cook, so like it was it was like this kind of like um, restaurant bar, and they, all, all the cooking was done like right there, and like you could see the grill. Anyway, mm-hmm. so the cook come from behind the counter, and he goes and he finds the guy. I didn't I didn't see him it was somewhere deeper in in the in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And this is, when he comes back, I'm like, so what happened? He's like, oh, I found the guy, and I'm like, what? I said, what? I said, well, what happened? He said um that's that's not your food and the guy's like well my name's william so when you said william i just figured i would just take it oh my god <laughs> and the guy's like you didn't order or pay for it like you just think this isn't you're... a raffle that you won right right my dog ate my homework the, 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 <laughs> the guy's name is not william you know what i mean <laughs> there's no way it is right he's just like Hey, I'll just go up and the next one that they, whatever name they say next, I'll just say, that's my name and I'll take the food. But, the, but he, but he just sticks with the, like, he's like, I'm, I'm, he's I'm committed. Gonna, he's committed. Right. Yeah. And that's what these commit, kids will do. They will, they will commit to this, like, outrageous lie. They were both sitting there going, this obviously is, is not like the truth. Like right. you didn't order or pay for food. Why would you expect there, someone to call your name and give you food? It's not even and, a good lie. <laughs> it's terrible. And I, I tell my students that I'm like, guys, it's one thing to like come up with something stupid and tell me a, like a really bad lie, but at least be good at it. Right. Like at I, least make it good. I tell right. my students all the time. I'm so proud of them when they're a bad liar, <laughs> because that means that they're not getting the practice. <laughs> which is which is great like that's a great trait i'm so glad you're a bad liar 
Yeah. I tell them to at least make it interesting. If you're going to lie, at least make it good. Yeah. Go for broke. Yeah. Sorry, sir. I was raised by wolves. Wow. All right. Fair. Exactly. Exactly. So. But but no, none of your none of your teacher friends married a, um, a shake. No, they would they would go after it, though. They would definitely go after it. <laughs> OK, OK. Well, no, uh, no. They, they would and shoot there your was, shot. There was one teacher who tried to get me married off to like one of the one of the shakes. And I was like, can you leave me out? of this? <laughs> <laughs> He would like try and pimp me out. He would come to me with like these offers of money. And I'm like, can you stop? Oh, OK. Ew. OK. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, if you're going to like marry off a fellow teacher make sure it's one that's already taken money for the grades like that should be the requirement like the one's not taking money right. for the grades that's not the one that, that you're gonna that you're gonna be able to that's not the one. he would even come what? to me with like offers to like spend a night with a kid with like an 18 year old or whatever or like a 17 year old and i'm like can stop he's like no no i'll take a cut of the money like it's a good deal and i'm like stop oh my goodness wow this guy was, the, the kids would offer i'm telling you like it was a locker room on the boy side i mean you came up with the word, but yeah, it was basically that. And I would be like the only teacher who wasn't covered or wearing a hijab or whatever, who would walk through the hallways all day. And so they were animals and they would see me and I'm 22, fresh out of college. Mm-hmm. And they were just horny little boys. Yes. And they would, they thought that the other teacher was cool. And they'd be like, cause he and I were friends. He was a Canadian Lebanese, like I'm Syrian American. So he and I were friends, but then he, they would go up to him and be like, Hey, tell her, like, you know, I'll offer like 10,000 dirhams for a night. And he would bring me those offers. I'm like, stop oh it. My goodness. Wow. That stop. is, God, that is insane. That it's is, not as cool. Well. It was that's not horrifying. Cool. Yeah. That's horrifying. Yes. Yeah. Worse, but we'll leave it at that. There's like a Jordan Peele horror movie in there yes. somewhere. Yes. It does get worse, but we can just leave it there. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go throw up forever. Uh. <laughs> All right, okay. so I do want to hear about your time about Russia teaching in Jersey. Yeah, but but I, I really need to hear about Russia. Yes. Uh, Russia's fantastic. I mean, I was only there for six months. I, oh. We had just finished out the first school year. So I am first, hold on. First, first, I have to tell my, my, my joke then. I think you know it already, right? Maybe, maybe know. you don't know. It. Okay. Well, if you're, if, you're, if you're Russian when you go in the bathroom and you're American when you come out of the bathroom, what are you while you're in the bathroom? Uh, Russian American, European. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> Don't laugh. It just encourages him. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, sorry. Back, back That's to, all um... good. No, no, it's all good. No, no, I'm just flashing out to like border control. Like, what if I'm? What if I'm? You know, I I'm at the airport in Russia, but I haven't crossed the border control yet. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> um anyway i was only there on the ground for like six months when the uh in you know i'll say it here as war but i'm i'm only allowed to refer to it as the special military operation of course Um, so when that happened i ended up having to evacuate and i went to thailand but you know the first six months Was was, was that a decision by the school or by the government um the embassy told us that we had to evacuate because at the time everyone was pulling out of Russia and there were sanctions and all the airlines okay. were pulling out. We didn't know if there was going to be a way to get out if we didn't get out right away. Gotcha. Um, now we know that there are four airlines that we could possibly use to get in and out of Russia. Okay. Yeah. But at that time it was escalating so quickly. Who knew where yeah. we'd go? Yeah. yeah. We were like, we have to go now. Otherwise we're going to be stuck here. And who knows at the time he was threatening to go nuclear. So we were like, yeah, we got to go. Yeah. 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 Um, 
anyway, so the first six months were great. The this, this school is a truly international school. I think only 15% of our students were Russian. Um, the kids were from all over the planet. I had a classroom where there was kids who were half uh, Czech, half Italian from Singapore, kids from Ukraine, obviously, and Russia, and then kids from Iran and Saudi and and literally all over the world. And all their parents were like half Ukrainian, half Brazilian. And their their parents were living and doing business in Russia. And that's why they were there. Yes. Parents living and doing business in Russia or diplomats or wealthy Russian parents who could afford the school. Yeah. Um, And so the, it was very, very different from, you know, being in an all Chinese school or an all Arab school. Um, It was actually, it was the first or an all American school rather just like in Jersey. So it was the first truly international school that I had taught in, even though all the others had attached the word international to their names. Mm-hmm. And so that was like, I could take a, I could take a breath. I could relax in the classroom um, and we could just get along. We could just do what we needed to do yeah. and not have to, you know, address a kid and be like, Hey, I need you to stop eating styrofoam and then have to like sit in the <laughs> office with their parents and explain why it took the styrofoam plate away from them. It mm-hmm. was kids who <laughs> actually knew how to learn, who wanted to learn, who who had some drive, whether it's from them or from their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the drive and motivation to actually do things. I'm curious about this because this is definitely what I would do if I were an international student. I would sign up for a language class of a language I already knew. They're not allowed. <laughs> and then ace it. Oh, no. Okay. No. <laughs> So they're, they're not allowed. If they already speak Russian, then they have to take either French or Spanish. Um, if they do not speak Russian, then they have the option of all three. If they are um, ELA kids or ESL kids or or um, anything with um, special needs, they did not have to take a language. They just had their own um, special classes instead. And, and was that school run through uh, the government or was run through the UN or... Up until this past school year, um, so I never got the diplomatic benefits, but up until this previous school year, the school was chartered by the UK, Canadian, and US embassies. Um, Apparently, the school year before I got there, it was getting really tough to keep getting teachers the visas to be there because they were on diplomatic visas, and Russia would only issue... Uh, a diplomatic visa for three weeks at a time. So every three weeks, the school oh. have to collect the passports. Oh wow! Apply for a visa again, and so like, oh. it was getting impossible just because of the deter- deteriorating situation between Russia and the in the West and the and the foreign powers. This past school year, the school decided that that's not sustainable. We're going to move into being a Russian school. You know, on paper, where they right. kept the same curriculum, same staff, same mission and goals and everything, but they're now just a Russian private school on paper so that they could get just a regular working visa that would last for a year and they wouldn't mm-hmm. have to do that every three years. So they're no longer affiliated with the embassies. Wow. And and so outside of like the education sphere, what mm-hmm. was Moscow like? Fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful city. Very warm, even though it's in like close to Siberia, like the people are friendly. The people are warm, the nicest, most helpful people I've ever, ever run into. And Moscow itself is beautiful. I mean, the city is a center of arts in, on this planet. Like, you want opera, you want the, you want museums, you want architecture, you want ballet, whatever you want. It's there. If you want like a gay club that goes on until eight in the morning, it's there. It's a fantastic, fantastic city that has everything for everyone. And the people are so friendly. 
I don't think I've ever had a boring taxi ride, even though I get, you know, taxi drivers who don't even speak English and I don't speak Russian. I've never had a boring taxi ride. They're just so friendly. Um, and then wow. when I was leaving in March, you know, I'd go to like my masseuse or, or I'd go to whoever did my hair or anything. They, they'd, they'd say like, well, what are you going to do now with the situation? I would tell them I'm evacuating and they were upset. They would be really upset for me and they would start crying and I'd, in my arms Aww. and I'd have to console them. They'd be like apologizing. Like, this is not who we are. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. And I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> um, so the people are some of the friendliest that I've ever met. That's really They're awesome helpful. to hear. Yeah, very wow. helpful. And then Moscow itself is a stunning city. Absolutely gorgeous. Wow. That's awesome. That's cool. Looking back on it, are you glad that you ended up th- with the short stints at these places mm-hmm. versus like, you know, ending up staying in China for um, five yeah. years or staying in Russia for, you know, X amount of years? And like, do you have like a plan now to try and like, okay, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I haven't hit South America yet. Are you, are you looking, Africa. Yeah. <laughs> are you looking to find like a spot and go, okay, I've done that. Um, um, you know, you know, and I'm going to try and settle somewhere for like five to 10 years now. I thought Russia was going to be like, okay, I can be there for five years. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, after the craziness of COVID and getting kicked out of China and and the ridiculous year that I spent in New Jersey, I was like, okay, I'm going to be able to settle in Russia for a few years now. This is going to be good. And then, of course not. Why would I think that I can? Um, why would I make my own plans? <laughs> this is the same as teaching. Like, why would you walk into a classroom with a plan and actually follow it? <laughs> There you go. So why should life be any different? There you <laughs> right. go. Why would I have a plan? I've learned to not have any plans and go with it. <laughs> okay. I would like to stay in Russia for four or five years. And now I obviously have to take it one year at a time. Um, I do love it there. I do not want to rush this and be like, oh, well, they're having a war. I need to leave. I, I'm not done. So I, w- I would like to stay there for as long as I possibly can, whether if that is one more year or five more years, I don't okay. So you're going to go back to Russia to teach? Uh, yeah, in two weeks, I'm going back. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then I'll take it one year at a time. I would love to get to South America at some point, but, you know, I I am not making decisions for my life. Life is making decisions for me. Okay. Um, it, it decided that I was done with China or that China yes. was done with me, rather. And then, right. yeah, so I, I just move around as life tells me to. Have you ever tried to calculate what percent of your life you've spent in an airplane? Google does that for you. <laughs> it sends you it sends you your monthly updates of your timeline. Nice. Goodness. It's yeah. apparently this year I've already flown around the planet four times. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. wow. And and you're pretty sure that the earth is round at this point. No, no, it's flat, don't you know? That makes oh, okay. it that makes the traveling easier to this. It was round. <laughs> like when she flew, she would just go off into like outer yeah. space because it's flat. She can go from one spot to another. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I met my first flat earther a few months ago in Thailand. Wow. Uh, he, he was from the UK and he and he said it. And I and I was like, Oh yeah, haha. I thought he was making the joke, but he was like, No, no, really. And I'm like, but you've been on a plane. Like you can, <laughs> you can see the curve <laughs> from yes. from way up high. You can see that it's round. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also believed that you know the the COVID vaccine had microchips in it. So, right, yes, yes. <laughs> it yeah. does. That's excellent. Clearly. Okay, well, that's how Google knows that, where you. Flew what you got to do? What you got to? <laughs> what, 
What you got to do with conspiracy theorists is keep one-upping them. Just yes. be like, oh, oh, so you believe in the moon? Like, yeah. just just see how far you can push it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, All right. Man. So since you've uh, been to these different countries, what is one thing that you think the U.S. does right? And it is OK for you to say absolutely nothing. Uh, but like when it comes to education, what's one thing yeah. you think the U.S. does right? And what's one thing that it should really change or learn from the rest of the world? You know, the thing that it does right is also the thing that it does wrong. Interestingly, there is such a focus now on student needs and their emotional development. And, you know, you are important and you are the focus of your life. That's really important to empower kids. I mean, it's it's crucial to empower kids that way and build up their self-confidence and, and get them to have that self-respect for, for themselves. At the same time, what I noticed, you know, in the one year that I taught in New Jersey at one school, um, it seems that that also is creating a huge sense of entitlement and a huge division between kids and other kids and kids and adults and kids. And it's very all about, I have something to say. So everyone needs to listen to me because I am important and I matter. Well, yes, you do matter, but so do the 12 other people in the room. Yeah. And so it's also, so that's what they're also doing wrong. It's like, we, we've shifted the focus so much onto yeah. The individual kid, you know, you are a human surrounded by other humans. You you are not the only person in the room. You are not the only person on the planet. You matter, yes, but so do the other lives that are that are existing. Say, you can always count on that in in education. I guess in other areas too, but definitely education is that the pendulum always swings to the extreme. Yes, like yes, exactly. Yep. It's like you gotta go yep. way over here. Okay, you mm-hmm. know, it's like okay, nope, nope, nope. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, let's go way opposite directions like maybe you think you ought to like try and find some balance in there right but yes yeah yeah that's what i know i mean it was only one year that i thought that i taught here but well, yeah but you also like went through the u.s school system like you know what the u.s school system yeah. is yeah <laughs> yeah i did go through it at the time though i feel like there was more of a shift on like treat others how you would treat yourself it was more it was more thinking about each other than it is about yourself. And then when I came back to teach and, and then I did the certification course as well, it was more about, you know, each individual kid rather than the whole community. Um, yeah. And there is no focus whatsoever on, you know, the global impact of things or thinking in, with a global mindset. There is no fo- teacher uh, or a school can tell you that they have that focus, but they don't, they don't know what a global mindset is. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm only talking about that one year that I taught in Jersey, but, Every teacher other than me who worked at that school grew up within 20 minutes of that school. And they were like, yeah, we're imparting a global mindset. I'm like, what do you know about a global mindset? <laughs> I've got an <laughs> Eiffel Tower teaching. on my desk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I play some um, global music when the kids are working the news. when the kids are working independently i owned a didgeridoo in college exactly <laughs> exactly i did a semester abroad exactly <laughs> yes 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 i know it's far in... away in the magical land of ireland i've had an <laughs> yes, egg roll really global okay? egg, egg rolls are international and i yeah i had those. chinese food yesterday okay <laughs> I had to communicate with a non-English speaker yesterday. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh, it was so tough. It was so tough. And then they straight up told me, they were like, you don't really belong here then. I was like, no, I really don't. <laughs> wow. Mutual like, split. Yeah. I was like, I, I really don't. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, a lot in schools, we, we really fail to 
teach kids the importance of community and the importance of the, the, you know, effects that we have on the globe and, and Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's a lot of focus on their region. It's a lot of focus on their, their state and their state history, but not Mm -hmm. like the global history. Yeah. That's interesting. So it was tough. It was tough to be in that. And it was tough to be the only teacher bringing a global mindset to the school with the kids. Yeah. 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 And that is, I was going to say that is, um, now I haven't traveled globally, but I've been like a lot of places in the, in the United States and it definitely is. It's eye opening, and it changes your perspective versus when you talk to people that literally have spent mm-hmm. the majority of their lives in a, in a, you know, a 50 mile radius or whatever. Yeah. And they just, they, um, they just don't appreciate other things. They don't get other things and they, mm-hmm. they just, they, it's it's very very different mindset so um yeah and if you want to come in and you want to be just a math teacher that's fine that's totally fine but don't sit there and claim that you are you know shaping kids and and equipping them to deal with the challenges of an ever-changing world because you don't know anything about change since you grew up here (laughs) you haven't changed (laughs) or the world yes yes (laughs) Yes. yeah Yep. All right. We'll get into the um near the end here. We always like funny anecdotes, goofy things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've, you've already shared some 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 good ones with your with near miss with being um how we how we say um, but, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to come up with a a, 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 a different um. It is know, what it is. <laughs> yes, way you know. Wow. But, um, but anyway, that's um, unbelievable. It 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 still is. It still it's it still is. It that that's um. And the fact that it's a fellow teacher that's that's doing it. That's yeah. that's that's the kicker that he that he is and that he's obviously doing it for financial benefit. Like that's that's the hundred percent. Right. It's not like he's like trying to like go, oh, this will be good for you. You no, know no, what no. I mean? Other than other than financially. <laughs> yes. And guaranteed he you weren't the only one that he was um attempting to um do that with. I don't know. I did not stay subscribed to his uh, <laughs> anecdotes. Yeah, I, 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 I'm 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 sure he, he kept he kept on trying. But anyway, so, so one that you haven't shared with whatever like your one right. of your go to um funny anecdotes that you've got from your from your um different worlds that you've that you've lived in in the class. Definitely. So. so when I'll talk about talk about one that's recent. When I evacuated to Thailand, um, my cousin who works and lives in Dubai ended up coming to stay with me in Thailand for about a month and a half. So she and I are sharing a room. She's working remotely. I'm working remotely, but she doesn't need to be on, on, on camera. So like I'll tilt the computer over to the side so that she, so that the kids can't see her in the background. Um, and then when they're working, like I'll mute myself, turn around, like answer her, talk to her, whatever. Like she, I'm talking to someone in the room. Right. And like, I'm sure, you know, like kids don't miss a beat. They noticed that I was talking to someone else in the room Yes. and they needed to know who it was. And because I was so reluctant to tell them, like, I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm not talking to anyone. Yes. Um, they, <laughs> they started to get concerned. They were like, are you kidnapped? Are you, oh my goodness. did an evil wizard come and abduct <laughs> you? Are you being held hostage? And this went on for weeks. They thought I was being held hostage by a wizard. <laughs> um, and so my cousin, she she decided that she was going to play into this wizard role. Awesome. And so, so she would like sit and she would bring like a cup of coffee, but like she would just like bring it into the corner of the screen when clearly like I'm over here. She would just like levitate it into the screen and I would oh take my- coffee with both hands. She would throw socks across like the background. That's she would like hysterical. flicker the lights on and off. And yes. Like- <laughs> 
and they were so concerned about me and my safety being uh, held hostage by hostage by this wizard. Um, oh my goodness! And it became a thing. They, it became a whole thing, and they needed to know the identity of the wizard by the end of the semester. And they were just they wouldn't let it go. Oh, that's that 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 is that is good times. I love how um, awesome to like give them something fun to focus on during such a crazy yeah. time. Like that's great. Yes. Like they're yes. online and they're bored. They need something besides content. They need something. Yes. To, yes. Yeah. To, to this go, let it happen. Yeah. Have I shared when I um my first couple of years when I would tell my students that I was my own grandpa? Have I have I shared that on here or not? <laughs> what? If not, if I you can't believe you have, have, but it's been a while. Okay, so it's been a while. So let's 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 do it again. Okay. So first of all, I, I stole this. There's 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 a song. You can look it up. It's Ray Stevens. It's called I'm My Own Grandpa. But the kids, it's from like the 60s or 70s, and so the kids would never have been familiar with that. No. So this is the story that I would that I would that I would tell my students. It was like the day before like Christmas break, and no one was learning anything, and everyone was just like bored. And I'm like, oh, let me just tell you know, and kids like to ask you questions. They wanted, like you said, they want to know what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they are in, they are invested in you. And so I say, okay, so this, here's what happened, guys. I said, when I was in my early 20s, my parents got divorced. And then my dad, who was like 42, 43, he goes through his midlife crisis mm-hmm. and he marries a much younger woman. So he marries like a 22-year-old who's basically the same age as me. And you know, of course, the kids like, oh, okay. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know what happens? You know, he's, he just wanted to, you know, he got he recently divorced. And that's what he did. I said, so at the wedding, my new stepmom, who's 22, has a mom who is 40 something and she's a cougar. Okay. And so we hit it off and we start oh. dating and then we get married. I said, so therefore, I married my stepmother's mother. And so since I am my stepmother's stepfather, I am also my own step-grandfather. Oh, my goodness. I believe this happens somewhere in, like, Wisconsin or something. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it happens pretty consistently. (laughs) And the kids are, like, in shock. You know what I mean? Yeah. They are like, and I, I tell it all the way straight, like, you know, they I, believe I, I, these things. Right. And like, and they're like, that's like some kids are saying it's incest, and um, other kids are like, no. And then like literally, and this is what's great. So you're teaching great. them the new vocabulary words. Yes. <laughs> that, 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 that like how how um how invested in this where they were, they're they're now arguing, and kids are like on the whiteboard drawing. <laughs> the chart and how it happened and it's like you know like little arrows and oh it's great all this stuff and it is just and, and they're like and they're like are you telling the truth and i'm like like would i lie about that you know, I just kind of like, <laughs> and i go right and then i find the song i i play it this was later on in, in the year and i I still kind of made them believe that it was written about me or so. I have no idea. They, they, oh they, they were, st- they, they were still, anything. they were still buying it. Right. They believe anything they do. So the next year I am in the teacher's lounge and I am talking to this teacher and they're like, they're like, really? Like, they're like, um, I have like so-and-so in my class. And they said, you're like, you married your 
something you're you're how did you marry your mom or something and they're like it's they're like they're like you need to ask him about it and he wrote a song about it and they're like Oh, good times, good times. Yes, there's there's still some kid somewhere out there that is convinced that that, that, is, that is now telling that story as if it were true because I told it to them, um, you know, like ten oh, years ago. Oh, I have ago. no doubt. Have they no live doubt. in a more magical world than we do. Yes, yes, yeah. I, I mean, my tenth grade history teacher, he claimed he was the rightful heir to Bulgaria. That at whatever time. <laughs> After Russia had the big overthrow, there was a lot of like the, the royalties were overthrown and a lot of communist regimes that, that, that had taken place. And his family fled Bulgaria. And that as of this date, when in the mid 80s, if the royalty was still there, that he was the rightful heir to the um, to mm-hmm. the throne of Bulgaria. I mean, he's teaching history in the suburbs of Pennsylvania. Wow. I was just trying to make the story memorable. <laughs> One of like my good friends after college. So his family. Uh, owned the land that was taken by the Third Reich to build Auschwitz. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. And they were actually like trying to like legally get some Mm -hmm. uh, some money for the land that was seized because they used to own that land. They were like, we don't want it back. (laughs) Y'all keep it. But like, could you pay us for it? It's like a museum now, right? Oh yeah, no, no, no. It's yeah, a historic I've, site. I've been there. It's it's. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I would want to visit. Like, I know it's important yeah. to visit. I don't know if I could. Yeah, it's tough. It's yeah, not an easy visit. No, not not a vacation spot. Yeah. Well, yeah. some people find it easy because then there's those people who are walking around taking pictures of everything and making it into a photo shoot with. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I've, I don't know why, but I've been to like three concentration camps in Europe. And every time there's that one couple who are just, it doesn't get it yeah. and putting yeah. it on like Snapchat. And I'm like, can you just stop, put it away? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. The yeah. Holocaust shouldn't be a hashtag. No, 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 no. Well, thank you so much. I think we're, we're going to wrap it up here. First of all, nice meeting you. Yeah, okay. Nice meeting you. Yeah. Um, and, um, my apologies for having to have Tedisco as part of your family. So I guess you've got to deal with that. But, you know, I mean, next, I guess you can always have your guy in Dubai find someone else for your sister. If, if you know, that's true. <laughs> Tedisco will probably be okay with it. He'll be like, all right, he'll probably make more money than I will. Connect later. Let me tell you, if a millionaire tried to pick up my wife I, and like she left me, I give. I'd give the same speech as like an NFL quarterback when their team loses. Like, you know, we played our best. Uh, we just, we didn't have this one. And um, thank God every day for the chance to try again tomorrow. There we go. There we go. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, thanks again for coming on. And uh, really a lot of like information, yeah. and interesting stuff that like, I'm sure, you know, a lot of our teacher listeners have, haven't R- write um, a book. Yes. I've, yes. I've been told to do so. I've been trying to find the time. Yes. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I should just submit my journal as it is. There, there we go. go. There we go. Or, or this, we could we could we copyright this. You could just just have this transcribed. That but um, <laughs> we always stay at the end, guys. Stay unprofessional. Thank you, and stay unprofessional. Stay unprofessional. Stay unprofessional. Stay unprofessional. Stay unprofessional.